Broadway for Monday, April 1st, 2019. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. Now, James, today is April Fool's Day, and while I have no problem with people playing pranks on each other today in person between people, uh, in fact, I I quite enjoy it. I actually strongly dislike this day uh, in general because news organizations, corporations, productions in our world, uh, etc., decide to try to be cute and funny, and that's not really what those types of organizations should do. Um, so I will not be doing anything like that in today's script. And I promise that this is not just an elaborate setup to plant a fake story in today's show. So be forewarned. Everything is true. <laughs> um, there is nothing weird going to happen. But just keep on your toes today. When you see a story that is either too good or too stupid to be true, it probably is considered the day. <laughs> um, but um, James, something else that was – um, very truthful, very straightforward, no uh, pranks about it. Yesterday you had an episode of This Week on Broadway, which talked a bunch of things. Broadway, Ain't Too Proud, Be More Chill, Kiss Me Kate, as well as some off-Broadway stuff as well. What uh, what stuck out to you in that conversation? So uh, Peter came back with a, uh, a pretty good review of Kiss Me Kate. Um and uh, Michael reviewed John Guare's Nantucket Slate Ride at Lincoln Center Theater and uh, was not too pleased with it. Um, so uh, we, we, we ran the gamut on uh, This Week on Broadway for, uh, for various uh, liking, thumbs up, thumbs down reviews. Awesome. Well, this first thing that I want to talk about real quick before we get into the regular scripts, James, is going to sound like an April Fool's joke. But I promise it is not. Patty Lapone has joined Twitter. That's right. Yeah. She is she has not yet sent a tweet, but an account that was opened on twitter.com at Patty Lapone all the way back in February. Um, no one took notice of it then. Um, you know, personally, James, I don't know about you. I occasionally get Broadway stars, divas who follow me on Twitter, and I get excited when I get the little notification, and then I look at it and it is clearly Mm-hmm. Spam fake thing. Um, however, Patty Lapone has not followed me, but uh, at least as far as Twitter is concerned, this is the real Patty Lapone because the account is verified. Which is um, interesting in itself because Twitter stopped verifying accounts. Well, it, it stopped verifying accounts in terms of things that you can apply for. Like they will still verify things for the public good, which let's be honest, ah. knowing if it is technically Patty Lapone or not is a very important, important thing for the public good. Um, I, like all theater fans and theater community members, wait with bated breath to see the Queen's first tweet. So go over there and follow if you have not already. Does this give us the uh, uh, the allowance to tweet at her during her show while she's singing? I I wouldn't. I, <laughs> I mean, she. I guarantee you she's not like, doesn't have her phone on stage with her, but I wouldn't risk it. I, I certainly would not. <laughs> All right. Um, we definitely will make sure that tweeting to our performance does not become a, an offense uh, of the constitutional variety. But um, what the Constitution means to me opened on Broadway last night. So tell us, uh, what, what, what say the, the, the uh, critics? Well, yeah, it opened last night at uh, the Helen Hayes Theater. I actually was there uh, on Saturday night. So uh, maybe the last preview performance, if not the last one, one of the last few. The show is written by Heidi Schreck and is directed by Oliver Butler. Um, It's not a one-woman show, like I think a lot of people think. It also uh, features a man named Mike Iveson and has two 
young teenagers who participate in a debate at the end of the show with Heidi. And to be completely honest with you, James, and I haven't seen it in any of the reviews, I don't know if it's scripted or not, uh, to be quite honest with you. I'm not sure. I don't think it matters one way or the other. But just so people realize, this is not a one-person show, although it is in, in many ways feels like it and is actually is. But there are other people in this show. But unsurprisingly, James, the reviews were mostly overwhelmingly fantastic. In fact, Jesse Green gave – a review that you will be seeing plastered everywhere uh, because not only did he make it a New York Times critic pick, but let's hear what he had to say. He said, quote, Heidi Shrek's What the Constitution Means to Me, which opened on Broadway at the Helen Hayes Theater on Sunday, is nothing less than a chronicle of the legal subjugation of women by men as experienced in the day-to-day injustices of living while female in the foundational American document that offers paltry recourse. But if what the Constitution means to me is nothing less than that, it is also very much more. It is a tragedy told as a comedy, a work of inspired protest, a slightly crafted piece of persuasion, and a tangible contribution to the change it seeks. It is not just the best play to open on Broadway so far this season, but also the most important. That's um, Hmm. a doubly high praise there. Helen Shaw, writing for Time Out in New York, gave the show five out of five stars, writing, quote, the performance is itself an exercise in critical thinking. Shrek almost immediately goes over time in terms of uh, the structure of the show, which you'll see if you when you see it, to talk about how the Constitution was both liberated and imprisoned women's bodies. She burrows into her own family's painful past of spousal abuse in one section about her grandma, Betty. She has to read from note cards so that she can muscle through the text without crying. In two years of building the show, Shrek has crafted a powerful argument that uses everything at hand. Legal analysis, a dive into history, a consuming rage at sexual assault statistics, and her own very personal reasoning. There is a, as Helen Shaw notes, there's a scary and hilarious audio recording of Supreme Court justices that's worth the price of admission. Uh, Alexis Solosky, writing for The Guardian, also gave the show five out of five stars and said, quote, shattering, galvanizing and very funny. Heidi Shrek's What the Constitution Means to Me uh, is a close read at an old text in new and breathlessly exciting ways. The show feels a little broader than it did off Broadway, a little spikier, a little more frenetic sometimes, but not always for the good. Apparently, it hasn't become any easier to perform, and in a section that describes the spousal abuse her grandmother experienced, Shrek had to stop and take a few breaths, overcome, she said, with survivor's guilt. The line about survivor's guilt is in the script. The breakdown isn't. Uh, Also of note, James, normally I always try to include something from Sarah Holdren of New York Magazine's Vulture, uh, but she didn't do a traditional review for this one. Instead, she discussed the show with New York Magazine's Supreme Court correspondent, uh, Irene Carmen. I'll include that in the show notes because that's obviously a a, a different approach to that, but something you should read. Uh, And also, right along as these fantastic reviews were coming in, the show announced that it would extend at the Helen Hayes Theater through at least July 21st. That's an additional six weeks. Uh, as it was originally planning to close on June 9th. So as I posted on Twitter, I'm pretty sure that they extended just on your review, Matt. <laughs> on mine? Yeah. I, what did I, I don't remember what I said. Uh, you posted something on Twitter that it, it was very, very good. or something Yeah. Along this. 
Well, <laughs> I think what I said— I saw that, and they sent the press release I, minutes after I saw your posting on Twitter. Yeah, of, well, yeah, that makes sense. I, it would have been about 24 hours after I posted about it, but that's fine. I'm sure it was uh, very much <laughs> just because you saw it. But yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, I had no idea what to expect since I obviously didn't see it off-Broadway. Um, but it, you know, and, and especially I, I said this to uh, our friend Brian Plofsky from— uh, Broadwasted yesterday when we were going to see a show, I said, um, obviously I am not the the target demographic for who this is probably going to uh, emotionally impact the most, being a straight white man. Um, but it nonetheless did. It was it was uh, fantastic and eye opening. And what's interesting is is that there are certainly historical and legal things that Heidi talks about in the show that I didn't know. But there's a lot of it that we just do know. Like we know the words in the constitution and we know what they say, but the way that she's able to really kind of break it down and explain it in, in, in an expert way without it being legal mumbo jumbo, uh, was, was really powerful. And she was able to kind of explain how it actually impacts people's lives, whether those are the lives of people in her family, um, or other people that she, she brings into the discussion. It's uh, really fantastic. And I, you know, look, I, I still, would be shocked if anything other than the ferryman um, won the Tony, although that my confidence in that has decreased uh, over the course of the season. But this is this is probably going to get a nomination and very well might sneak in and steal that Tony um, just because of how universally loved it is and and how unproblematic uh, it is in terms of issues. I think a lot of people have had issues with Ferryman. A lot of people have had issues with To Kill a Mockingbird. Not so much with this. This is, I mean, there some people get, didn't give it a complete five out of five, but they were giving it four out of five. So I, I think this is one to watch um, in terms of all the awards as it starts to build up towards Tony season here in a couple months. So uh, if my math skills are up to date here, um, you saw this was the third of four shows that you saw on Saturday alone. Then you had another three show day on Sunday. Is that correct? That that is correct. And I had two on Friday, so I had a nine show weekend. Nine show weekend. Excellent. So, uh, wow. Uh, you know, the thing that happens to me is that you know, getting deep into my show schedule, it, it could be the best thing in the world on stage. I, I'm shot. I'm like, I, I can't watch anymore. Oh man. So. I'll talk about I, – I didn't have this in the script, but I'll just run through everything I saw real quick at the end of the show. Um, I could do it every day. Like I just I, – I wasn't tired. I wasn't – I mean I was, I was there. I was, I was ready to do it again. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So what do we have in <laughs> the rest of the world's theatrical schedule? Not the Matt Tamanini schedule, but what do we have in this week's theatrical schedule? Yeah, I'm just going to run through the stuff here, James, just because uh, a lot of these things are things we've talked about, and I'll have links if people uh, want to check them out. Closing today off-Broadway at Theater 80 at St. Mark's Place, actually something I saw yesterday. It's the off-Broadway musical We Are the Tigers. I loved it. I mean, a lot of the songs sound the exact same, but for a small theater um, off the beaten track, it's really fantastic. So if you don't have plans tonight, I have no idea if there's tickets available, uh, but really fun. And they're releasing a cast album, and I have a feeling this is going to be one that gets done uh, around the country quite a bit. Then on Tuesday, we have two shows beginning previews. The first is actually one that I will be at. Uh, I will be at the first preview of Inc. on Broadway at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater from the Manhattan Theater Club, a transfer from uh, London starring Bertie Carvel and Johnny Lee Miller. Also starting previews on Tuesday down at the Public Theater will be Socrates. 
Then on Wednesday, we'll have the opening of The Cradle Will Rock, directed by John Doyle, off-Broadway at the Classic Stage Company. Then on Thursday, we have our first Broadway opening of the week. This one comes to us from the Court Theater, and that is the Glenda Jackson-led King Lear. I am super interested in the reviews for this one, James, because this is directed by Sam Gold. And James, you were one of the... I'm going to say few, one of the few people that loved Sam Gold's uh, The Glass Menagerie a few years ago. I think a lot of what he did in that show, he's doing in this as well. Incredibly stripped back. I mean, there's no neon signs or anything and folding tables or whatever, but um, it is very much a stripped down version of King Lear. So I'll be interested to see if the critics appreciate this one more than they did The Glass Menagerie. Uh, also on Thursday, previews will begin for All My Sons on Broadway. Don't know if Jack O'Brien's going to strip that one down again, but I highly doubt it. Um, that will be at the American Airlines Theater from the Roundabout Theater Company. And out in Milburn, New Jersey, Benny and June will begin performances at the Paper Mill Playhouse. Then on Sunday, before we get to a handful of closing, Sexy Oklahoma, or Oklahoma exclamation point, depending on how you want to be a dork and say it, um, will officially open on Broadway, the Circle and the Square Theater. James, this one is getting such weird mixed reviews in terms of word of mouth. Yet, when it was at St. Anne's Warehouse, had almost universally critical uh, adoration um, from you know from all of the theater types that I'm really interested to see if the love for the show will translate as the show transfers to Midtown. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Then on Sunday, we have four major closings that I want to talk about. The first is something that I didn't know that would ever actually happen. The Al Hirschfeld Theater will no longer be the home of Kinky Boots at, at the end of this week, as it will end its five, six-year run. This is uh, your April on, Fool's on. thing, right? No, it is not. This is real. This is real. This is the last week. Um, it will make way for Moulin Rouge coming later this year. Also closing off Broadway will be the other Josh Cohen, which we both love. Uh, Alice by Heart uh, from MCC, which... Nobody loved and uh, getting a Mary's, cast recording, though, it is getting a cast recording. Um, I think they did that with the anticipation that they would eventually be moving to Broadway. I can't imagine that happening now unless there are major massive rewrites in another out of town tryout. Uh, and then also closing will be Mary's sequel uh, off Broadway as well. All right. Um, next up, the Lehman trilogy opens off Broadway. You haven't seen it yet, have you? Nope, this is the last thing that I'm seeing before uh, I head back on my trip. It is running from April 20th at the um, Park Avenue Armory. It's written by Stefano Massini and translated from the original Italian by Ben Power. Directed by Sam Mendez, uh, stars Simon Russell Beale, Adam Godley, and Ben Miles. I'm just going to run through these reviews really quickly. Um, it's an interesting kind of critical approach to this. Ben Brantley of the New York Times gave it a critic's pick, writing, quote, In the beginning, there is nothing. And in the end, there is nothing, once again. Such is the way of all flesh, no? And since the subject here is the accumulation of money, let's say the way of all cash, too. But in this case, out of nothing, there emerges such a heaving ferment of aspiration, energy, tenacity, and audacity that you're left reeling by the scope and vitality of it all. Matt Winman of AM New York gave the show four out of four stars, saying, quote, one would not have expected a play such as this to succeed. But indeed, it does, thanks to Messini's distinct viewpoint, Mendez's precise direction, which makes the production feel both sweeping and intimate, panoramic visuals, and live piano music that reflects each mood swing. The show's three leading men flexibly leapfrog between creating immense dramatic personas, making small comical cameos, and speaking to the audience. Sharp, versatile performances all around. Uh, 
Now, Sarah Holdren uh, of Vulture was uh, less enthusiastic than the the other two critics that I just uh, reviewed. Uh, she said, quote, there's something Candide-like about the Lehman trilogy. It's a hero's progress, a parable, and it prizes lightness and wit. But Voltaire had an unmistakable opinion about his questionable hero, a moral center that expressed itself in sparkling irony. Massini, by way of power, seemingly has no judgment to pass upon its, uh, his insatiable little pilgrims climbing the golden ladder in their best of all possible worlds. Or perhaps it's not a mass matter of judgment, which can easily turn into self-righteousness and crush a play to death, but of curiosity. While the Lehman trilogy is frequently captivating as an act of telling, it doesn't seem to do it doesn't seem to be doing much asking or to be encouraging us to do much asking either. So like you said, James, I'm seeing it on Wednesday uh, evening. Very, very excited. Um, and uh, I will obviously share my, my thoughts then as well. All right. What do we have in the recommendation section? Okay, two things real quick. Um, everyone knows Carpool Karaoke, which James Corden does on his show. There is also a spinoff that is on Apple TV. Two of the most recent participants were Broadway's own Ben Platt and Sarah Bareilles. Uh, check that out. We have a little clip of it in the show notes. And then – Are they together uh, or separately? No, they're together, in a car together, because uh, James Corden doesn't do the Apple TV spinoff. Oh, it's uh, okay. two people in a car. So. Nice. Um, yeah, check that one out. A lot of fun. And then, James, um, yesterday was the fifth anniversary of, of Aladdin on Broadway, and they pulled out all the stops as they had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five genies perform uh, during the matinee, um, including Tony winner James Monroe Iglehart, the current star Michael James Scott, the tour genie Major Attaway, and the uh, two current Broadway genie standbys, Jawan Crawley and, and Deontay L. Warren. They performed a very special friend like me. Uh, we will have that video in the show notes as well. Oh, no. Oh, no what? Oh, no, this next story. I can't believe it. It's shocking to me. I, I know. Uh, two things uh, led to get you into the uh, end of the day, James. And this first one, uh, for anyone who was paying attention, uh, could have seen it coming a mile away. In fact, I think we said that this was going to happen. Uh, but last week it was learned that after initially postponing a tour on the heels of its launch in Canada, Bat Out of Hell, the musical, has canceled tour stops in two of the three locations, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, and the National Theater in Washington, D.C., ahead of an announced opening at New York City Center. No official word on the runs in Dallas and New York yet, but I wouldn't hold my breath. And finally, last week, the Hollywood Bowl announced the return of their concert production of The Little Mermaid, in which stars sing along to the film backed by a massive orchestra. This year's event will happen on May 17th and 18th and will coincide with the film's 30th anniversary. The cast will include Leah Michelle as Ariel. That's interesting. Um, Harvey Firestein as Ursula. Cheech Marin as Chef Louie. Peter Gallagher as King Triton. Leo Gallo as Prince Eric. And the great Ken Page as Sebastian. Tickets will go on sale on Friday. Uh, and James, real quick, a run through the shows of my nine-show weekend. Um, I saw Network first. Um, I, I liked it. I, I thought it had some tonal issues, but um, I really, uh, really enjoyed seeing that performance. Um, then I went and saw uh, Anything That Gives Off Light at Joe's Pub, which people heard me talk about with uh, the associate director um, uh, a couple weeks ago on Tell Me More. So that was great. I saw Hate Fork, which people also heard me talk about on Tell Me More, which I really enjoyed. Got to meet 
uh, Covey Ladner and Sentil Ramamurthy after the show. Um, it closed over the weekend, but um, really interesting show. Then I saw Actually Were Forked um, at the Cherry Lane Theater, which was uh, a really interesting show and not what I uh, expected. It recently extended, so if you want to see that one, check that out. Um, then I saw what the Constitution means to me. And then I saw my first ever neo-futurist show, James, uh, The Infinite Wrench on Saturday night uh, all the way uh, downtown. Super interesting, fascinating stuff. I'm so impressed by what they do, and I am a new I am a new neo-futurist mm. fan, and uh, we'll be checking out their stuff as often as possible. Then I saw We Are the Tigers, which I mentioned. Um, you also heard me talk about that one uh, on an episode of Tell Me More. Then I saw Fleabag, which was really the thing that I built my trip around. Um, I watched the six-episode TV series, uh, the first season, the second season is coming out soon, that this was uh, – that grew out of this one-woman show. And I was still shocked and and laughed and moved uh, by this. You're not going to get a ticket, but uh, you should still watch the show on Amazon Prime. And then I saw Mean Girls again last night with uh, Brian Plofsky from Broad Wasted. Uh, I had seen it originally, if people remember, during previews in the infamous T. Boyich performance, where she had she T. Boyich, who has since left the show, um, she was a swing and an understudy who went on, or a standby, who went on for a role that she did not cover with about four hours of, of notice. She went on for Janice because Barrett Wilbert Weed um, was, was sick. Barrett was in, the whole cast was in. It's fantastic. It's in great shape. Christina Alabato is fantastic as Gretchen Wieners. And then at the end of the show, when they were doing their curtain call, their um, Easter bonnet, you know, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS thing, um, Jennifer Samard announced that her understudy um, had a special uh, auction item that they were going to do. And then out walks, of course, her understudy, Tina Fey, um, who <laughs> then went on to auction off a meet and greet. Um, f- with herself backstage, um, they got four people to donate, or I'm sorry, they had five people donate uh, $2,000. So they raised $10,000 for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS last night just from that auction, not to mention any items that were purchased in the lobby or, do- or money donated into the red buckets. Um, so really, really cool experience. And I got to go uh, backstage, met Brendan Stimson, who's in the show, and I went backstage, got a tour. So that was a lot of fun. Um, tonight, or today, actually, at 2 o'clock, I'm going up to the 92nd Street Y and seeing the phenomenal cast of Sondheim Wordplay. And I'm seeing Tootsie tonight. So uh, uh, another busy day. So it's 11 shows in four days for me, James. Awesome. That's great. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for uh, kicking off your week with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. (laughs) 